Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you, it's story time. It's Saturday. We are into Rick Joyner's epic battles of the last days. I know this hasn't been a reading similar to what we've been doing. I know this is different. This is more of a teaching, and it's a depth. There is a lot of depth in this teaching, and I believe in my spirit, and I still feel comfortable. Uh, I have to come in and reread some of this stuff, and, and I have to like read ahead to, to, to really grasp what's being spoken about. I, I do believe that it is important for us to grasp this for such a time as we are in. Uh, and I pray that you see that as well. I pray that this is uh, striking your spirit the way it is striking mine, that, that we are the, the, we're the, we're the evidence of change. We must be the, the promotion of change in our world. And we, it begins with on our knees. It begins with a, a pure heart uh, surrendered to the Lord. So with that, I'm going to jump into chapter 2, Racism and the Spirit of Death. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. It's Matthew 24, 7 and 8. The word that is translated nation in this text is the Greek word ethnos, from which we derive our English word ethnic. This discourse was given by the Lord in response to a question about the signs of the end of the age. He declared that a prominent sign of the end of this age and his return would be the ethnic conflict. In fulfillment of this, one of the greatest issues now facing the world and the church is, in fact, ethnic conflict. The world is losing control of its racial problems. The cause is a spiritual power that no legislation or human agency can stop. Only that which is bound in heaven can be bound upon the earth. If the church does not face this problem, overcoming the racism with our own ranks, so that we can take spiritual authority over it, the world will soon fall into an abyss of chaos, destruction, and suffering of unprecedented proportions, all from racial conflict. As the Lord stated in Luke, And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and stars and upon the earth dismay among nations, the ethnos, and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. It's Luke twenty one, twenty five through twenty six. So as we see in Revelation seventeen fifteen, the waters which you saw are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. In the text from Luke we see that the roaring of the sea and the waves is because of the turmoil among the ethnos, or ethnic, conflicts. This will become so great that men will faint from the fear of it. This problem will not go away with time, but will increase. The longer that we wait to confront this stronghold, the more powerful it will be. Pressure is now building in almost every world-class city, but when it erupts, it will not be confined to the cities. Even so, the Lord has demonstrated His power to calm the storm and the sea, King David declared of him, By awesome deeds thou dost answer us in righteousness, O God of our salvation, who dost still in the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples. That's Psalm 65, 5-7. The Lord will again stand up and calm the roaring sea with his word. The Lord came to destroy the works of the devil, and he has sent us with that same purpose. We are not here to stand and watch, but to stand against the darkness and to push back. Racism is not just a demon or even a principality. It is a world ruler. 
It is one of the most powerful strongholds on earth, and it has sown more death and destruction than any other one. Just consider the racial conflicts that have gone on recently. The most deadly wars in history, including World War II, were ignited by racism. This powerful spirit prepares the way for and empowers the spirit of death. This is why the Apostle Paul understood that when the ultimate racial barrier was overcome, the division between Jew and Gentile as they were grafted together in Christ, it would mean nothing less than life from the dead, Romans 11:15, for or for overcoming of death. The Roots of Racism There are two foundations to racism. The first is pride, and pride in one of the most base forms, pride in the flesh. It is judging others by the externals, which is the ultimate form of pride. In its basic form, pride is simply the statement that we feel sufficient within ourselves that we do not really need God or anyone else. This creates an obvious barrier between ourselves and others. The second foundation to racism is fear. Insecurity is a result of the fall of the separation between God and man. The insecure are afraid of those who are different. Racism is a powerful and deeply interwoven combination of both pride and fear. Trust is the bridge that makes relationships possible. You can have love and even genuine forgiveness, but if you do not have trust, a relationship is impossible. Fear and pride tear down the trust that makes relationships possible, therefore creating division. The cross of Christ confronts and overcomes both the pride of man and his insecurity. The Holy Spirit was sent to the world to convict the world of sin because it is the revelation of our sin that drives us to the cross to find grace and forgiveness. This destroys our pride by establishing our dependency on the Savior, which also restores our trust in Him. The deeper the cross works in us, the more humble we will become and the more secure in His love. When we who are so foreign to God's nature are accepted back unto Him by His grace, it works a tolerance in us for those who are different from our nature. Also, those who are becoming spiritually mature begin to judge from a spiritual perspective, not after the flesh. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no man according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, and behold, new things have come. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. The church, above all, should not judge others according to the color of their skin or the cultural background. We must learn to see by the Spirit and judge only by the Spirit, just as it was said of Jesus. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. It's Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. If we are going to walk as he walked, we too must learn to do the same. This is the great lesson of the two men on the road to Emmaus. The resurrected Christ appeared to these disciples and preached to them about himself for quite a while. This was Christ preaching Christ. It will never be more anointed than that. Yet they still could not recognize him. The reason for this? He appeared in a different form, Mark sixteen twelve. One of the primary reasons why we miss the Lord when he tries to draw near to us is because we tend to know even the Lord after a form rather than by the Spirit. If we are charismatic, we tend to recognize him only when he comes to us through a charismatic. Or we are a Baptist, we tend to know him only when he comes to us through a Baptist. However, we will usually approach us in form that is different than we are used to. 
which he did even with his own disciples after his resurrection. This is because he is always seeking to have us know him after the Spirit, not externals. As the Lord declared, For I say to you, from now on you shall see me, until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew twenty-three thirty-nine. We will not see him until we learn to bless those that he sends to us, regardless of the form in which they come. Even Israel did not recognize the Lord when he came to them in the form of uh, that they were not expecting. This is not a new problem with God's people, but it is a serious one. The glory of diversity. The church is called to have one and to be a reflection of to the answers to the most fundamental human problems. Racism is one of the most basic and deadly problems in the history, and it is increasingly great in power at this time. However, the church will be different. That is why the Lord declared, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, for all ethnos, for all ethnics. Mark eleven seventeen. The church was not fulfilled its destiny until it truly becomes a house of prayer for all ethnic peoples. Paul said tongues are for a sign, 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty two. What sign? The sign that the church is to be the antithesis of the Tower of Babel where men's languages were scattered and men were separated into different races and cultures. We see the first great demonstration of this on the day of Pentecost at the very birth of the church. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation, every ethnos under heaven. And even when this sound occurred, the multitudes came together and were bewildered because they were each one hearing them speak in his own language, Acts 2, 5, and 6. The church is the place where men will be unified again, regardless of race, culture, or language. It is not interesting that Jews from every ethnos heard and understood in one language. Jesus is the word of God, or God's communication to us. When men see his glory, when he is lifted up, all men will be drawn to him and will understand with one heart again. The church that truly worships him will be a demonstration of that. As Paul told Galatians in the church, every convert from any cultural background or sex has an equal standing before God. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you all are one with Christ. Uh, with Christ Jesus, Galatians three twenty-seven to twenty-eight, there may be differences in our standings before God in such things as governmental authority or within a specific ministry, but that has nothing to do with race, sex, or cultural background. Even the newest born-again Christian can go as boldly before the throne of God as the greatest preacher in the world. God does not show partiality. If we are walking by His Spirit, neither will we. The tyranny of the familiar. The problem called the tyranny of the familiar is one of the strongest spiritual yokes that bind fallen human beings, and it continues to hinder the church. This yoke has baffled psychologists who cannot understand why a high percentage of girls grow up in the home of an alcoholic father, regardless of the pain and torment that this causes, will almost inevitably marry a heavy drinker. The familiar that is so painful and dangerous is still more desirable to them than the unpredictability of the unfamiliar that offers much more hope. It is this same yoke that keeps many ethnic groups from breaking out of their sociological and economic barriers. In spite of all the talk and the genuine frustrations, most are afraid of change. Why is it that we are so easily come to into bondage to the familiar? Because we tend to put our security in our environment instead of in the Lord. To institute true change, a strong trust must be built as a bridge out of our situation. This usually takes more time and effort than most people are willing to give. This is not a new problem. We even see this bondage 
and the children of Israel when they started desiring the flesh pots of Egypt over the supernatural provisions of God. Jeremiah 48, 11 and 12 addresses this issue in relation to the nation of Moab. Moab has been at ease since his youth. He has also been undisturbed on his lees. Neither has he been emptied from vessel to vessel, nor has he gone into exile. Therefore he retains his favor, and his aroma has not changed. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I shall send to him those who tip vessels, and they will tip him over, and they will empty his vessels and shatter his jars. When the Lord here talks about being emptied from vessel to vessel, he is talking about change. This was how wine was purified in those times. It was poured into a vessel and allowed to sit for a time. As it sat, the impurities would settle to the bottom. When it was poured into another vessel and was allowed to sit so that the remaining impurities would settle, therefore the more the wine had been emptied from vessel to vessel, the more pure it would become. Because Moab had not been subjected to the purifying changes, the wine of that nation was impure. Therefore the Lord vowed to pour it out. This is a reason why the Lord often allows radical changes to impact our lives. They are almost always disconcerting. Every time the wine was poured into a new vessel, it was unsettled. There was a commotion and stirring which would bring out the impurities that were left. Wherever we are thrust into change, many things will begin to surface in our lives. Usually we will see very quickly just how much we have put our trust in the vessel that we are in, instead of in the Lord. But we will settle down again, and we will be more pure. Change is cleansing. That is one reason why the Lord kept Israel moving most of the time in the wilderness. I'm going to pull us into a halt right there. Um, this particular chapter is very lengthy. Uh, there, there's so much to take in in this thing. Uh, but we, we see the chaos that racism has caused in our nation today. We see the, the, the futile attempts uh, to break that. And, and most of them are, are not working. Most of them aren't even close to working. We we have problem after problem, and, and we see uh, this 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 anger of racism raging constantly around us, uh, and and, it, and it's I mean it's undeniably we could talk about it for quite some time. Uh, what I want you to take from this is is what he's speaking here is this is a place that we the body of Christ the church. Uh, the, the church that Christ is coming back for, we've got to face this issue within our own ranks. We've, we've got to deal with racism within our own hearts. I, you know, I've been asked that question if I was racist. And honestly, I would tell you no. But obviously, there are things in our lives that we don't label as racism that are prideful, things that we still place in front of the things of God. And we've got to be emptied out. We've got to be like that wine being poured from vessel to vessel to vessel so that we become more pure and more pure. We have to allow circumstances in our life to pour us out into another vessel so that so that we become unsettled. And in the midst of that unsettling, change takes place. Now, that's, a, that's such a powerful word. I, I, I pray that you're gaining something from this. I pray that something's being drawn and God's speaking into your life in particular areas that, that, that we all need this. This is not something that anybody has risen above. Uh, nobody has arrived here yet. These are things that are just being spoken out that we need to understand and recognize and bring about change in our heart and in the hearts of our, of our fellow believers and in the hearts of our churches. As a body of Christ, we need change and we need to become more pure, walking in the same spirit, beginning to recognize God as his spirit, not as something that's familiar to us in an image. Whew, what a powerful word. What a powerful day. May God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to these podcasts. Thank you for following along with us on our ministry. 
if you're supporting us financially, we greatly appreciate that. If you'd like to support us financially, it's pretty easy to do. We have a simple give app. We've got PayPal. We've got uh, Venmo. We've got Cash App. we got whatever you want an address. You want to send a check. Uh, if you would like to j- jump on board and support us financially, we would greatly appreciate it. Our ministry is is continually evolving, continually growing. Um, as we grow, the need grows. So help us if you can. Please continue to pray with us, f- follow along with us as we continue on our journey, seeking out that which is lost so that it may be found. Amen. God bless you. Ron and I love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.